0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, April 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today. It's been an on-again, off-day-again stretch for the boys in blue. They haven't played since Saturday, but that was a victory, and good things happened that day, starting with Hunter Dozier's two-run homer and a terrific performance by the bullpen. We cover those topics and more on today's show with beat writer Linworthy and columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian. The show started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from sunny but chilly Kansas City. Uh, We are on Sports Beat Live, our weekly conversation about the Kansas City Royals with the guys who cover the team. Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell are here. And with you, please send us your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. want to thank our sponsor, the University of Kansas health system and I want to thank you all out in the audience for joining us on Tuesday it's our first Tuesday show of the year this is where we're going to be hanging out the rest of the spring and the summer and into the fall so the schedule uh, means that we've uh, this will be our second show in what six days which is about what the royal schedule has been (laughs) lately here Um, they open a series tonight at Kauffman Stadium against the Minnesota Twins they haven't played since Saturday Two days off, um, a scheduled day off on Monday, and then the the, the washout on on Sunday. I don't know. I'd, baseball, such a rhythm game, and uh, this happens in the early part of the year, right? With with weather and built-in off days, but it's just you just get, kind of get antsy waiting for a team to play, don't you, Lynn? <laughs>
1: Well, somewhat, but I think you get even more antsy if you were uh, sitting on that losing streak that they snapped on Saturday.
0: <laughs> it's true. That's true. So, you know, the Royals, the, the, I think the season is, a. I think I want to say it's 11 days old. They, the Royals have played eight, and uh, they've only won once since uh, game three, but that was the last game that they played, which was a 3-1 to win Saturday over the Detroit Tigers, and good things happened in that game, and we're going to start with... Uh, one of those good things. That's Hunter Dozier. Hit a two-run homer in the sixth. I think it was the sixth inning. Put the Royals ahead three to one, and that was the final score. Uh, really good to see Hunter Dozier swinging the bat as well as he is right now, and just a—he's just picking up where he left off at the end of last season. That last September, in September, he—he he was. Uh, I think he had six home runs, or maybe it was something like six home runs in his last 23 or 24 games, and. Swinging the bat really well at the end of last year, he's one of the few Royals in the lineup that is uh, that that's uh, that has his batting average up around 300. So, good on Hunter Dozier. I know, Lynn, you wrote about him after the game on on Saturday. What's what's the difference for Hunter Dozier from from what we've seen not not between September and now, but between September and now as a collective and prior to that?
1: Well, I think the difference is just. Um... One last year, he it seemed like he got it took him until the middle of the season just to get on track because he had, you know, coming out of spring training last year, he looked like he was poised for a 2019 type year. And for those who don't remember, 2019 was his career year where he had 26 home runs, I think, and close to to off the top of my head, which is probably a mistake, but I think it was 80 or 90 RBIs or something like that. Um, and that was, you know, it sort of went under the radar because that was the year. Soler set the single season home run record, but Dozier had a career year in 2019. Um, and it looked like last year coming out of spring training, he was poised to have that type of a season hurts his hand in opening day, um, plays through it, but, you know, just wasn't swinging the bat right and started developing some bad habits because he was trying to protect that hand. And then in May, he has the collision with um, Jose Abreu and, you know, is out for, I think, two weeks with a concussion. And he just never got on track. And I think Vaje talked to him in spring training about, you know, on, on top of all those things, there was the contract that he had just signed in spring training that sort of added to that. Um, and he just never really got into any sort of a groove until late in the season. And, you know, by then the numbers were just, you know, weighing on him. I mean, he was sitting there for most of the season looking up at the scoreboard at a 200 batting average or or below. And um, I think it just sort of it basically just sidetracked his whole season.
0: What do you remember about your conversations with him? Bahe? I know we've talked about it before, but now with, um, you know, with him swinging a bat like he is, it's worth uh, I think it's worth reviewing what uh, what he told you back in spring training. Yeah, don't uh, don't adjust adjust your dials. Vahe's having some audio problems, so uh, <laughs> we'll 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 get back to Vahe. Maybe you can work this out. Uh, and uh, you know, Lynn, you talked about the twenty nineteen season. I think he tied for the American League lead in triples that year as well, and um, it got him the new deal. Uh, what what um, I, I forgot exactly what the what the numbers were, but had the new contract. And we've seen it before, Sam. How players, you know, they, they get a new deal in it, really in any sport. And, and then they start to press a little bit.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you know, I can't talk. I can barely talk today. <laughs> um, so we're going to, the viewer's going to have to push through us, um, push us through, um, you know, going into the season, I kind of looked at two guys in the Royals lineup and said, Hey, if these two guys can get going, I think the lineup will be pretty good. And, it was Hunter Dozier and Adalberto Mondesi. And I, I thought Dozier was top of that list. You know, I, I thought there's, there's less pressure on him. I feel like this year because of the, you know, adding Bobby Witt to the lineup. I just, I just thought the lineup was longer. You can push Dozier down to sixth or seventh. And if he hits, you're in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, and I, I thought that's, that's been, you know, the Royals issue the past couple of years is they haven't gotten a ton of production out of the lower half, you know, that six to eight, six to nine range. And, you know, Dozier's producing and suddenly the rest of the lineup is collapsing. So I, I still think they've got guys in the lineup that will eventually hit. Um, but but Dozier putting it together in the first week, like I said, I think if, if you had a list of guys that you said it'd be great if these guys got off to a good start, if Hunter Dozier's not at the top of the list, he, he's pretty close to it.
0: No, for sure. Really, you're right, Sam, too, between he and, and Benintendi and Nicky Lopez, that, that's – Probably been about it in in the in the batting order for uh, kind of dependability in the first two weeks uh, of the season. We don't need to go down the batting average. However, I do have them here of the others. Um, uh, not 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 very good. Um, you know, Merrifield, uh, Bobby Wood Jr., Salvi, Carlos Santana, Mondesi. They're all they're all trying to figure out a way to get to two hundred. And, and Michael A. Taylor's just over two hundred right now. So. Um, and that's, of course, that's reflected in the, in the output, uh, the, um, the, you know, the Royals win three to one, but I think they only scored six runs in that three game series and, and um, you know, really made a, a tough luck loser in that, uh, in that big, or, or on the day before on Friday night of, of Brad Keller. And uh, I think we need to spend a moment talking about Keller, his start, and, and, and what, what that pretends for the, for the Royals, you know, he doesn't have a decision. Uh, he didn't get a decision in the, in, in the uh, game against the, the, the guardians in the second, in the second game of the season. And of course he got the, he didn't get the decision or am I wrong about that? He didn't, he doesn't have a win to show for his two great starts combined 13 innings. Uh, what uh, five hits, 10 Ks, uh, two walks um, so far, so good I, I would venture to say even better than good for for Brad Keller right Lynn
1: yeah I mean I think he does have he got the loss on that day they, yeah. they lost two to one because um he gave up the two run home run so um and, he, and he's also giving you length I mean he could have he went six scoreless in his first start and he could have kept going I mean I think his his pitch count was really efficient too I'm trying to remember what the number was I think he might not have been or he might have been just barely the 70 or something like that um pitches but the number of up and downs is what um, they sort of cited as like, OK, he hasn't gone this far in spring training. It was a shortened spring training um, to send him back out there for a seventh inning on his first start. They just didn't feel comfortable with. Um, but I mean, he he had uh, probably more pitches left in him that night. And then the, the game that he loses and he only gives up two runs on that two run homer that came in the seventh inning. He went seven innings and gave up just two. Um, and the, uh, you mentioned the walk numbers. I think that might be one of the most important ones, just because last year, early in the year when we saw him struggling, he was just throwing the ball over the place. It was command was his major thing. He was working with guys on base all the time because he was walking guys. Um, people kept hopping on. Well, he's not throwing that change up. Well, part of the reason he didn't throw a change was because he couldn't spot his fastball. So he wasn't going to his third pitch when he couldn't command the first two. Um, And you've seen an exact – almost an exact opposite this year where he is able to command. He is able to use multiple pitches. He is able to pitch to contact um, and get deep in games. And I think that's – I mean, basically the things that, you know, we heard Mike Matheny harp on all spring training about throwing strikes, about not putting – not giving up free bases, about attacking hitters. Brad Keller has given it to you in each of his two starts.
0: No doubt about it. He has um, uh, – that's been the – Really, the bright spot of the rotation, uh, and then to shift uh, back to the game in which uh, you know the Royals won. Chris Bubic gets the start, and he um, uh, you know goes four and a third, and, and and gives up one run, but walks six, and you know just didn't throw a lot of great pitches in that game. And I felt bad for Keller, the you know the day the, the day before who has um, a hey that's some background noise going on here um but uh but anyway Keller but has the one mistake right to torkelson and and he gets the the hard luck loss in in that game so all right vahe are we are we back and better than ever
3: let's see about that can you tell
0: well you're back I can hear you. you we can hear you that's great
3: yeah. At least you can hear me. I don't know. This thing worked really well for three years and now it's just this complete breakdown. So I'm sorry. Uh, is it good enough or not good enough, Blair? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it is good enough by, and, um, and we, we've gone through Hunter Dozier. hundred are we're, we're on Brad Keller and, um, and, and two really nice starts for him. If I, if, if I've got the rotation sequence, right, we're not going to see him in the Minnesota series. He'd get the ball, in Seattle, I want to say it's um, it is um, what Hernandez tonight, followed by Lynch and then Grinke. Uh, so Keller wouldn't go again until um, to maybe the opener. Right. In in, uh, uh, in Seattle. So. Um, so, but hey, let's quick thought on Hunter Dozier, though, since you did spend time with him in spring training. But uh, uh, it's, it's really nice to see him get off to the nice start. And, and uh, what just what were your impressions of him back in, in Arizona? Yeah,
3: I just really appreciated how open he was about what he was facing and how he allowed for the fact that it did seem to get into his head. Once it got into his body, it got into his head. Um, Lynn pointed this out. I think he had a pretty big spring last year. And then to have that thumb hurt right away, I guess thumb hand, I don't know if we knew the exact exact injury um, or maybe it's been stated and I just don't remember right. But to have that happen right away and – I think probably one of the reasons he kept, kept wanting to fight was he was in such a groove and figured he could just get it back. And then all these, all these issues and, you know, his whole career has been kind of star crossed. Um, and I think people um, have never really had a full notion of his capacity because of that. And, you know, you do wonder sometimes if he's just going to have the chance to stay healthy, but I think if he, Stays healthy. You know, the Royals, I think, behind the scenes have viewed him as a little bit of an X factor. If you get sort of what you expect out of most of the other guys and get get uh, the best version of himself, um, you know, he's he's maybe the difference between um, languishing and, and being competitive. Just, you know, just somewhere in that neutral area.
0: No doubt. No doubt. OK, um, Tell you what, guys. Let's uh, we've got a little out of sequence here, but I want to go back to Brad Keller uh, just for a moment because we have some audio from his start on uh, on uh, last Friday and was uh, I, I thought really really good about this. Uh, Lynn, you you of course were in the uh, asking the questions to to Brad Keller. So let's let's go back and hear from Brad Keller who threw really well, uh, but got the loss in the in the game last Friday against Detroit.
4: You know, one pitch got me and ultimately ended up losing the game. So, I mean, like I said, felt like I threw the ball really well and just, um, it's a tough one to as well. We were trying to go in, and the, which, that's the thing, like, um, I felt like we executed the pitch. We, you know, the pitch before we went in, uh, got a foul ball and, uh, wanted to go further in, and that one just caught too much plate and just right into his barrel. So, it was tough. I mean, We wanted wanted to go in, just didn't get in as far in as we wanted to go. So it was a tough one. Yeah, I mean, just keep pounding the zone. That's my that's been my key. Um, Trying to take that from strength training into the season. I felt like I've been doing a good job of that, especially getting some early contact early. I mean, as you saw, our defense is just unbelievable. I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. They're behind my back all day today, and not just mine. I mean. Uh, Stalmont, made. They made Monty made unbelievable plays. Stalmont pitching. Uh, they just could let those guys work, and um, that's kind of been my mentality. And uh, like I said, getting early contact, getting early outs, and keeping the pitch count down, and trying and to get deep in the ball game. So I, I, I felt like I did a good job of that in one pitch. Yeah, I mean, um, felt like I was working ahead, and, and slider felt pretty good. Felt like I was able to get some, uh, put it in the dirt with two strikes. Um, you know, I, I felt like I left a couple up later on in the game, but. Um, you also got quicker outs I felt like later on so uh, yeah I mean just slider felt good all night felt like I was able to move it in and out and throw for strikes for the most part it's like you said it's early Um, I don't think there's any panic or anything in here everyone we know we're gonna get hot we know we're gonna we know with the talent that's in this clubhouse and um, it's just a matter of time of us uh, all clicking on on all cylinders so um, I don't think anyone's down by any means we just just want to come back and win, you know win tomorrow and hopefully win Sunday as well so um that's kind of our mentality is this one's over with we gotta look forward to tomorrow hey it's blair we have
0: a special subscription offer for sports beat kc listeners unlimited digital access to the kansas city stars award-winning sports coverage sign up now for one year of sports pass for access to all the sports news features and columns and as always, thanks for listening. And they did that. They, they flushed it. Won the next day, and and uh, then got and then got rained out. So, hey, as a reminder, you are on Sports Beat Live, talking Royals with Lynn Worthy, uh, Sam McDowell, and Bahi Gregorian. We're sponsored by the University of Kansas Health System. Hey, just another uh, development that I wanted to discuss is the bullpen. And a couple of guys in particular, um, Dylan Coleman and Colin Snyder, throwing the ball really well. When we were talking about the bullpen uh, before the season, those were not a couple of guys who I had figured to to play to, to pitch as well as they're pitching. You know, we're going down the list. Um, you know, of and and uh, Barlow and and, the, and Garrett, the the acquisition and um, and Brents, but we did not have. We didn't talk a lot about Dylan Coleman and Colin Snyder, but Lynn um, got terrific uh, performances from from both of those. They've combined uh, for 10 and a third innings this year and uh, one earned run between them, 13 strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Mike Matheny's got to be pretty happy with what he's seen from those two.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, coming into spots where they've been able to sort of leave runners, you know, strand runners on base, I think particularly with Snyder, I mean – Snyder, who, you know, made the opening day roster for the first time in his career, found out, I think it was the Sunday before the um, the season started. So like in the middle of a spring training game, found out. Um, and then uh, his first appearance in the big leagues was in extra innings with the ghost runner on second base in what I believe was. Um, so it was a, yeah, it was still a tie game at that point. That was, that was the inning that uh, Bobby Witt and uh, Salvi combined for that play at the plate that was Snyder was on the mound for that so um yeah he got thrown into the fire right away and they've kept throwing him into the fire i mean he was um the game that they the, they snapped the losing streak Colin Snyder came in in that fifth inning for chris Bubich with two runners on and only one out and got out of that and kept the game tied so um he's been you know um just one of those guys that they've you know for even with no experience they've been counting on him in big spots and he's come up for them. Uh, and then, um, you know, Coleman is a guy that we only saw a little bit last year. He was uh, the player to be named. And I want to say it was the Rosenthal deal is where they right. got him. Uh, he's a Missouri state guy who grew up not far from St. Louis. Um, but yeah, they got him in that as the player to be named later, last late last season, he made his debut and they really liked what they saw from him. He just didn't see a lot of it. And even this spring training, I think he got a little bit of a late start, and so it was up in the air whether or not he was for sure going to be on the opening day roster. Um, even down to the point where I think that same that last Sunday before the season started, um, his appearance in that spring training game sort of put him over the top. They're like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna be ready to go, put him on the opening day roster. And I mean, he just comes in. Um, there was a game, I forget which game it was last week, but I remember sitting there in the press box and saying to whoever was next to me that after he just came in and worked a one two three inning, I was like. Did he basically just come in, pump a ninety-seven, and just sit, go sit down? I was like, Is that' what he did. I, I, I went back. I think there was like two or three sliders in there, but that's all he did was just come in and just say, "All right, you got nothing for me." Um, so yeah, those on top of the four main guys that you mentioned—the Stomot, Barlow, Brents, and Garrett—that um, gives you six guys right there that you know you can count on. And there's more guys that they've, you know, that have shown ability to come through in the, in key spots as well.
0: Yeah, look, even though know, the the team uh, bullpen ERA is 535, that's basically just two games, right? The Cleveland, uh, the both games, and the, the final two games in the Cleveland series. But what a nice development, right, uh, Sam, that uh, uh, that you, you're getting some maybe, I don't know, unexpected from the outside, from from outside the clubhouse. Um, and, yeah, uh, as, as Lynn mentioned, Dylan Coleman, uh, Missouri State, uh, Potosi, Missouri, over on the eastern side, uh, outside of uh, not outside, but uh, closer to St. Louis and Kansas City, so uh, pretty nice, uh, pretty nice uh, development for the Royals.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially when your starters aren't going deep into games. Uh, but um, you know, I I, 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 the bullpen ERA, like you mentioned, Blair, is a result of actually starters that came out of the bullpen and didn't throw the ball well. Um, we'll get to that
0: in a moment, by the way.
2: <laughs> but it's always been those sort of. What do, you, what do you have out of your first four to five guys? And like Lynn said, if they can stretch that number to six, their bullpen takes a completely different shape than I think we thought it it would going into the season. Um, you know, uh, Brad Keller needs to throw deep into games. Like Lynn mentioned, when he struggled with his command last year, that was not something he did. Um, I think you're going to get innings out of Zach Greinke. You're going to hopefully get more than three and a third out of Carlos Hernandez when he goes out you do have two young guys in your rotation. And therefore, you know, while a, a, a team might say, who's throwing my seventh, eighth, and ninth, the Royals might have some, some key spots like on Saturday when you've got to have somebody that can come in and throw the fifth too. And you don't want to use one of your seventh, eighth, and ninth guys to do that. So if you can develop those arms, which are the, the, the four to six guys in your bullpen, um, your bullpen takes a completely different shape and looks a hell of a lot different than I think I thought it would, would go into the year.
3: And it just it's a little redundant, maybe, but uh, it's especially redundant if you can't hear me. Um, you're, you're good. But OK. Uh, but shape is the word I was thinking of. You know, it, I think it, you're getting some definition now and, and it's early. This thing, this is all subject to flux. But if you feel like you can get to a place where you can generally reliably count on that group and, and some of these guys developing, then I, I think if you got that, you know, you got defense you can count on. I think some of these bats will wake up. I think it's only about three guys hitting right now, um, and if you can just get a little more out <laughs> of the rotation, you know, not just Granky and Keller and pray for rain, um, then you know, I think you got the start of something. So it's 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 different, uh, as both you guys said, than than we might have thought, and uh, one of the one of the good differences so far on this team.
1: And it's it's probably also worth noting. I mean, I think, you know, it's only eight games have been played so far. Um, I think in five of them, they've given up four runs or less. So, I mean, it's not as I mean, like they had those two games where they gave up more than 10 runs and back to back. So, it, you know, can skew your view of how they've pitched all season when you back to back days. It was like, you know, they put up uh, they gave up 17 and 10. Um, but I think on, I mean, more than half of the nights they've given up four or a few. And I think, uh, like I said, that's four or a few. And I think there was actually half of the games they've given up three or, or less. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they're going out there and getting hammered every night, but those two games make you shake your head because they, they sure got hammered those nights.
0: Yes, yeah, so and one of those, uh, Brady Singer got lit up. And so that was his only, it's been his only appearance of the year, the former starter, the uh the, the top the, the royals top selection in the 2018 draft and you know reass, reassigned to the bullpen this year and has made only one appearance maybe um i don't know lynn would, would he have pitched sunday do you think would he have been out of the bullpen in the in the rainout game? you never know what might happen but do you think he was in the plans to to throw a little bit on sunday
1: uh, he would have. I think he would have been available. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they would have, you know, forced yeah. him into the game. But yeah, I mean, I think the the, the issue was the day that him and Coar both pitched. Um, they knew after that that they were probably both going to be unavailable for multiple days, and so that's why the very next day, Coar went back down to the minors. They had. Um, Pyam's was coming off of the, uh, I think, family medical emergency list. And so it made sense to to make that move so you give yourself an extra arm that you do have available because both of those two guys, having pitched, I think, three innings or more, were going to be down for multiple days. Um, So I think they knew that Singer probably wasn't going to be available to them at least for, you know, two, three, maybe four days to pitch in a game. Um, And also, I mean... I think as we talked about the other bullpen options they have, if it was a tight spot, I mean, I don't think you're going to, to Singer when you've got two men on in the game that side mm-hmm. like that. I think he's going to be the guy, even, even the day that they threw both of them. If you remember what they did was they had somebody else come in, finish up the inning, clean up the inning, and then let those guys come in with a clean inning. Um, so, I mean, I think he he'll, he's available. I know he's been out there throwing, he's been throwing side sessions, but I think the, the main thing was, was, um, Coming right out of that that game where they both threw multiple innings, they're both going to be down for multiple days.
0: Yeah, just uh, I was just wondering about him. It's it's been a you know a tough tough year for him, and I, I'm sure he just chomped at the bit to get back out there and and uh, and throw a little bit. Um, hey, you know what? We spent a little bit of time last week talking about baseball's unwritten rules. So in that vein, I wanted to ask you guys. If any of you all have heard of Roki Sasaki, no, I see, no, okay, um, pitcher in the Nippon uh, Professional League, Japan's uh, major league, who threw the first perfect game in uh, in, in in that league in like 28 years in his um, in a start about a week and a half ago, he followed that up with eight perfect innings and was removed after the eighth inning because he had thrown 102 pitches in that game. And he had, in, in his final inning, in the eighth inning of that game, he struck out the side and, and, uh, and hit 100 on the, on the meter. Uh, manager pulls him out, and you know, we, there was a lot of uh, discussion last week about the, uh, the Clayton Kershaw removal of a game. Uh, with the perfect game in the in, in the in the seventh inning and and didn't get to finish, um, I can't imagine. This this Japanese pitcher has, you know, has been phenomenal. Um, he has fifty six strikeouts in about thirty five innings this season. He is, um, you know, he he, he regularly tops a hundred with his fastball. So does this fall under the unwritten rule category? It, it kind of does, but, uh, but there's also a very much a competitive nature to this as well, isn't there, Lynn?
1: Yeah. I, um, I, I remembered hearing about the, um, the two potential no, um, perfect games. I, I didn't, I, I, I think I didn't recognize the name, but, um,
0: yeah, he finished yeah. one and almost finished the second one. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah but it actually i mean and i'm don't pretend to be an expert on how you know things work in that league i just remember and this is going back years there was all these stories when um when daisuke matsuzaka uh came out about like the you know his legendary exploits as he was growing up and pitching all these innings and throwing all these you know back-to-back no hitters and all that sort of stuff um so it's a little surprising to me that somebody stopped um before he finishes off the second one um but here, I, I would expect it here. I mean, like Kershaw thing, I, I I was not surprised at all that you know somebody said, "Oh no, 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 we got we can't let him keep going and make history. We we've got to uh, save those innings for later." Um, the thing is, is I just uh, mentioned on saving these innings and, and workload and everything, but pitchers still get hurt so much, so often, and there's so, you know still Tommy John's all the time, and there's still all these things that are happening that I'm not sure what the impact is, but. It's almost a given now at this point that that's going to happen. Somebody's going to put the brakes on because we can't have history. We got to have uh, – we got to be able to, you know, cover our behinds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was reminded too that – was it last week or maybe over the weekend that um, uh, that the Mets unveiled the Tom Seaver statue outside of the stadium there? And, you know, Seaver, you guys – well, Bahe, of course, old enough to remember Tom Seaver. Well, I don't mean of course, but I <laughs> remember Tom Seaver, um, and so do I very well. And pitching the days when uh, when starters went um, you know close to three hundred innings a year, and and there were four man rotations, and uh, the the the, work, uh, the workload much different then for starting pitchers uh, then as as it uh, compared to now. So um, I don't know. Idea. well
1: and they, um you know the you mentioned the Mets the flip side of what i said earlier is also the Mets serve as an example because it was um johan santana who threw their franchise's first ever um no hitter and i think he threw a hundred and thirty something pitches they let it was a big issue at the time that they let him keep going and then there will be there's people who will point to that now and say that after that is when he sort of went downhill and his shoulder issues and things like that so that's I guess the the flip side of that, that's the the cautionary tale is they let him go get history. And then now you can't say for sure that that was the cause. But people will point to that and say that after that, he was never the same. And, you know, they got their franchise's first no hitter. But then his career was basically done after
3: that. Sam McDowell, when was your career done?
2: Well, there's a Sam McDowell for the Cleveland Indians, I'll have you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, had a near Hall of Fame career. So
0: it's a lot what, of innings. Uh, he, he was a workhorse.
2: What, uh, what Vahe Gregorian? It's in the uh, major leagues.
3: Uh, I don't know, but I was told yesterday there was a Vahe on Wheel of Fortune uh, last night, and uh, apparently he represented. So, you know, I don't know what that means. He may have failed miserably and represented. <laughs>
0: uh, one more of those cautionary tales, Lynn, was the. Um, the Oakland A's of the early 1980s, uh, when Billy Martin was the manager, they beat the Royals in that one of those strike season shortened season playoff series. Swept the Royals, but they're starting. St- Billy Martin didn't believe in bullpens, apparently, so he left his starters out there constantly, and uh, and all, all arms blew out after after that. Guys were never the same after after, after that stretch where Billy Martin was managing those Oakland A's. So. Okay, enough trips down memory lane and Wheel of Fortune and Japanese baseball. So, uh, thanks for putting up with us and appreciate Lindworthy, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and producer Monty Davis uh, for putting together today's show. And a big thanks to the University of Kansas Health System. And thanks to you all for joining us. We'll be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday during the baseball season. Take care. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Monty Davis, who produced today's show and the Sports Beat Live, and to the production staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Pickett, Tip of the Captain Inworthy, Bahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell for sharing their Royals and baseball thoughts. 30 pages in today's morning sports edition on a Tuesday. Just saying. Go to kansascity.com and the subscription tab for more information. Thanks for getting this far. Hey, we'll be back soon with another. Sports Beat K. C.